70 record closing highs so far for the day. Blasting through a ceiling. In a record-setting IPO. Investors who have been riding the wave. When the stock market is booming, we're made to believe the economy is booming. As the stock market goes, so goes the wealth and the health and economy. So what exactly is the stock market measuring? alongside Ken Gishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics. And uh, yeah, it, it is uh, almost the end of February. We really thank God. So, Ken, it is uh, going to be a very interesting show today. Uh, we do have a guest with us, so it's just not the two of us today <laughs> exchanging a lot of notes and a lot of banter, but I can tell you a lot has happened uh, within the last two weeks while you were away. We did not have a show last week. And uh, I think there are a lot of people who are waiting to hear and understand if at all it's time to sell their dollars. And if at all we can still keep them. I don't know. uh, There's an opportunity. So, Ken, how is your last two weeks? How are you doing? Uh, Many thanks, Nyambora. It has been a it's a pleasure to see you today. It's always a pleasure. Great to be back here after the break we had last week. Indeed, much has happened. I think last week was possibly one of the most memorable weeks from a currency perspective. I saw one person comparing it to Black Monday. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> in terms of the currency. And uh, so many questions came in about you know the currency. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Uh, dollar shilling and a broader economic conversation. Right. So, uh, indeed, we have much to cover. Right. And uh, we will be having a special guest, and I'll be introducing to him much a bit later on. Nice. You are listening to us at 98.4 Capital FM. You can catch us online at www.capitalfm.co.ke slash listen live. We value your comments, your feedback, your questions. Please do get back to us and uh, let us know of your comments and your queries on our WhatsApp line 0701984984 on our socials we are on Facebook X um, at Capital FM Kenya hashtag financial forecast and as we always say at the beginning of the week take time and understand what is happening in the global world that we are actually living in by getting your weekly report every single Monday by emailing info at mentoria.co.ke so Ken, let's get straight to it. A lot has happened <laughs> the last weeks, and I think the one thing we cannot uh, we cannot just uh, get away from. Let's just hit it right at the head. Is our shilling gained significantly <laughs> against the dollar, and it so happened in such a very quick way that. Uh, there are so many questions. Has it been doctored? Is this thing actually real? Um, are there some forces? And you know, we keep talking about sentiments, but those, those are some of the questions that everybody's asking. Okay, yes, we did say that, yeah, there's a likelihood. And I remember at the beginning uh, of the year, we actually did forecast that we can see the dollar coming down. If at all, we look at the way the government has actually taken steps and we look at what's happening globally. Uh, we could, it was a trend, we could foresee it coming. But it hit home so fast and so true, everybody's left. I, oh, what is going on? <laughs> Suddenly, it was, um, it was a day to remember. It was a Valentine's Day <laughs> to remember <laughs> that true, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, it was the largest gain in 12 years. Wow. So it was not an insignificant um, event. Right. Um, obviously, frequent listeners to this show uh, we'll be aware that we've been building up to this for some time. Right. You know, back in December, when the central bank raised it, its interest rates, you know, everybody was asking, why are they doing this? How? And and at a time when cost of credit is high, and remember I said it's because the currency is mm. depreciating. They needed to do something. Right. In the second monetary policy, the subsequent one in February, yes. again, they stepped it up a bit to the market surprise because mm-hmm. everybody was saying, 
non-performing loans are up. Even the Kenya bankers were against yeah. the increase by yeah. the Central Bank um, of Kenya. Um, so those are the th- those sort of like the first event that was happening in the background. The second event, again, we've talked about it on this show, was the Fed. Right. The American economy has been doing well, mm-hmm. and expectation is that the Fed will be cutting interest rates. So already, investors who have invested in American securities are already starting to think of bringing their money back to back. emerging markets uh-huh. such as Kenya. Right. So that capital flight we saw last year yeah. is going to be reversed okay. this year. It's only a matter of when will the Fed um, start cutting interest rates. So those two events have been sort of like the prop. Okay. So I would say those are the two back wheels of the of the vehicle. Right. Now the two front wheels mm-hmm. were now the last week's Eurobond sale yes, yes. that uh, b- got in bids up to $6 billion. Mm-hmm. They were looking for $1.5 billion. And the infrastructure bond, the 8.5-year uh, infrastructure bond, right. are oversubscribed by over 400%. So those are the two front wheels that now made the vehicle now ready to move and yeah. moving it did. <laughs> it, it really did. But funny thing is uh, we also see uh, the previous uh, bond as well was oversubscribed. So again, Ken, we did ask, is it that people are just holding money waiting for what they're going to be investing in? And um, I had a very interesting conversation last week uh, with uh, an organization that is into the financial services sector. And they were like, they saw a double of their investments in January. It has been, you remember, we said we did not feel that January effect. But at the same time, uh, December people still had their December holiday. But somehow, uh, the fact on the ground was there was a little bit much more money that people are actually saying, I'm going to save, but I'm going to save in this particular way. So even seeing the infrastructure bond actually being oversubscribed, I think that's a trend we have actually seen. And uh, so these last two things that uh, the government efforts that are the ones which really spiked because it came i think that's the one question everybody is asking it was so sudden so was that it as in again were people just people holding that money and just waiting for this decision well let's start with the infrastructure bond right. um, obviously the government uh, tries to market it uh, through its uh, tax sweeteners mm-hmm. so the 15 percent are withholding tax that's applied to regular bonds right is exempted on infrastructure bonds. That's why they're very popular. Uh-huh. Anytime you have an IFB, everybody's ready. And if you're getting Yambori, if you're getting eighteen percent coupons, yeah. you know, in this economy And it is a sure bet. And it's a sure uh, bet. We are there. I mean obviously uh, people ran for that. Yeah. Uh on the Eurobond side, mm-hmm. um I think two weeks ago we talked about Ivory Coast. Uh, Benin also followed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there has been appetite in the international markets and that's tied to again what the Fed is mm-hmm. planning to do. Right. So all those investors who are t- um, tied to American assets are seeing the Fed is about to start slashing rates. They're like, oh, we can get good rates in yeah. Africa. So oh. you're getting Ivory Coast, Benin. Surprisingly, those two economies which are much smaller, right. Benin is about seven times smaller than Kenya, you know, fetched a better price. Oh. I think it borrowed at about 8%. Oh. So Kenya actually paid significantly for this euro bond. It did. Um, so that whole confidence narrative, I think, needs to be interrogated. Actually, in terms right. of coupons, Africa, mm-hmm. it, it paid the highest in, in Africa. So yes, it was oversubscribed. Yeah. But if you look at how much we got it for, right. um, it was at 9.75. Uh-huh. It was almost 100 basis points above, above. Uh, Benin. Wow. Above... Ivory Coast. And these are countries that are very prone to very many local um, issues and not as diversified. So for me, there was a question mark there. And uh-huh. I think the most important one was this euro bond. We secured it in 2014 at 6.75%. Six, 6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we are swapping cheaper 
debt for more expensive, expensive debt. So and not just more, ex- really expensive. Really expensive. So that whole confidence part, I think we still need to <laughs> interrogate it. I don't think people are looking at the numbers uh, well, that particularly. Uh, yeah. I think people just look at the level of oversubscription, okay. but people don't pay attention to the prices because yeah. the price risk and is tied to price. Okay. So when an investor views you as a risky asset, they'll bid for more. Okay. I was so about to ask who who sets the price. Well, it's investors. It's an auction. It is uh, so willing buyer, willing seller. Precisely. It's an auction. Wow. Everybody uh, puts in their it's bid. In they obviously start with the cheapest right. all the way to the most expensive. They're looking for 1.5. Then they decide. So Kenya badly needed to I get this totally. so to offset the June uh, effect that had been really um, sort of building up and so killing confidence. Yeah. And it was, it was a reason that was driving people to hold dollars okay. because people are thinking, oh, man, we are not, uh, not going to be able to do this. Exa- or if, if we are, it's going to take away all, uh, the, all dollars the dollars yeah. and the price of the dollar will shoot through the roof. So let me yeah. start hold. So I think people were starting to hold mm-hmm. and that was the narrative. But uh, I think in the long term, I think once we finish that whole June thing, uh, that whole uh, sorting out of that euro bond, I think we need to sit back and really start asking ourselves uh, are we getting these things right because we are paying very, very uh, expensive for our debt. Um, and do you reckon that was like the opportunity cost that was on the table? So it was it was really take it or or just walk and, 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 and wait for June. <laughs> Sadly so. I think that was a situation. Yeah. They needed that money yeah. uh, at any well at any price really. Wow. And um, But yeah, it definitely means we'll be making more debt repayments. Wow. Uh, more. And what does that, what does that mean? That means money that could have gone to counties, mm-hmm. to hospitals, to roads, infrastructure, to infrastructure all yeah, these paying things. Paying off people's pensions? Pending bills. It right. means that might actually take a, a backseat a bit because mm. another thing that these euro bonds are tend to be oversubscribed is because they have a fast charge on the exchequer, meaning they are the first people oh, to be paid right. when the government okay. collects money from the KRA. So there's always that safety okay. that no other there's no other priority above them. That's why we find tend uh, euro bonds across Africa tend to be quite quite popular. Well, I can tell you, sitting from uh, finance seat that was very hot i'm thinking <laughs> where the, p- <laughs> the person is seated yeah that well can you have to repay this amount of money it's okay i will take the i will think about how i'll cover <laughs> the additional interest that I've, I've gathered but other than what is happening locally uh, so much is happening uh, globally and uh, so Israel has given Hamas um, up to March the 8th to release the remaining hostages unless there will be repercussions. The other thing is uh, we see Iran um, sort of uh, accuses, if I can use that word, uh, it is seeing that um, Israel was behind uh, the attacks on their plans. So still, we still have the upheaval and um, everything going on in the Middle East. We still have Russia, Ukraine. So what is this and how is it also still going to impact um, our economy? Well, that will definitely be a huge geopolitical event that will affect currencies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now that you're talking about currencies, uh, and you're right, um, Israel, um, remember back in October, yeah. uh, the invasion in October, mm-hmm. a number of hostages uh, were taken. Uh, some of them were released, uh, but not all of them. You know, so you can imagine the the, the sense of disaffection right. that ha- has been growing there. In fact, somebody was talking about that famous play um, incident at Vichy. Right. You know, when all these uh, detainees are kept there. So Israel has. Uh, come up with a deadline mm-hmm. of the Shabbat of March the 8th uh, for all the remaining um, hostages to be released or they plan to have an extremely uh, aggressive uh, uh, offensive. Right. Um, obviously, global markets have been spooked mm-hmm. and obviously Iran has also complicated matters uh, by saying that Iran, uh, Israel, was actually behind its attacks at least according to the New York Times. So right. there's a lot going on there. Um, th- 
traders, particularly in the U.S., are monitoring this. This could have huge swings on oil prices, right. on currency. So even us from a currency perspective, when you have a risk-on mm. event, mm -hmm. the dollar strengthens. Right. So yes. you might find a very strong dollar rally actually uh -huh. happening. So, so uh, and uh, what March eighth is what in about it's two three weeks. Yeah. And, and so that's stuff. a bit we need to. So that's something we need to really happy. We need to watch people holding, looking at those currency pairs. How uh -huh. uh, that that could definitely be an event that could create uh, a major currency event. Okay. Uh, coming to the continent, and let me tell you, Kenya, we are here saying, oh, you know. Look at our shilling. <laughs> 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 we are doing the most. <laughs> so Zambia's currency, and this is an article on the Bloomberg, it is in its longest winning streak in nearly a year. And it is supported by an unexpectedly large interest rate hike to a point that uh, the local banks are holding more funds in reserve. So clearly, we are not, it, it is not a, a unique event <laughs> that is happening, but why, why Zambia? What is pushing as well on Zambia's front? Well, you're, uh, you know, you're right. Uh, we've been celebrating the appreciation of the shilling, but yeah. you're not alone. Mm -hmm. uh, fellow brothers in Zambia yeah. uh, have actually uh, had it above us okay. in terms of their rally, and that's really their central bank trying to control inflation. And today we'll be talking a lot about inflation right. and money supply uh -huh. and how we control that. So basically inflation in, in Zambia is at about 13%. Their target is normally about 6 to 8%. Uh, it's different from Kenya's. So in their world, uh, they need to tighten monetary policy. So they have not only raised their reference rate, uh, but beyond that, they've also raised what is called the cash reserve ratio. So basically this is a law that requires banks to hold a certain amount of deposits. So Nyambura, if you take to your bank 100 shillings right. that are required by law, for example, in Kenya to retain 12.5, 12, mm -hmm. 12 shillings mm -hmm. in their reserve. So this money sits in the central bank. Yeah. So what they have done is they've increased uh, that right. ratio, meaning banks have to keep more. Mm -hmm. And I think the reserve ratio is actually, I think, a far more potent tool okay. in controlling money supply okay. than even the uh, central bank rates. Oh. In fact, if you not notice during COVID in Kenya, yeah. when we had COVID and the central bank really had to get money out because Kenyans were suffering, uh, not only did they increase the central bank rate, but they also, I mean, not only did they reduce the central bank rate, but they also reduced the cash reserve ratio because that means now money that is in the reserves now hits hits the streets and that starts sort of like operating in their streets are far more mm. very rarely do you get countries touching the reserve yeah, ratio yeah. but actually for me that is actually the ultimate lever for uh, money supply and we'll be talking a lot about money right. and money supply with our guest yep. yeah uh, talking of our guest today we are not going to <laughs> go into <laughs> more of our details and um, we need you know we've been talking about what is this monetary policy? Who is the CBK? What are they doing? The effect on on the shilling? O what is backing that? What is inflation? We need to understand that. So you said you have a very special guest for us. So please do let us know. <laughs> Indeed. Today we have the very special honor of having Tony Mwiti Tony is an economics consultant. Right. Uh, he's very passionate about a school in economics known as modern monetary theory mm -hmm. that really asks the question, you know, what's the government's role in ensuring there is money circulating in the economy? Right. You know, we've seen it in other countries, mm -hmm. in the U.S., when they are doing the quantitative easing. What's the government's role? So it's a very special arm of economics and he is a thought leader in that area, and we'll be engaging him quite, quite, quite frequently. Welcome, Tony. Welcome Thank you Tony. very much. I appreciate. It. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. So we are discussing the modern monetary theory in layman's language. You know, I, I do not want anybody <laughs> to check out of this conversation because it's about to get very interesting. Yes. What basically is that? So what MMT is, is a school of thought that says mm -hmm. the government is the currency issuer right. and the citizens are currency users. 
Uh-huh. We demarcate that and put a clear distinction because a lot of governments are operating as currency users without and realizing that they're the currency issuers. And if you are an issuer of a particular product or service, can you then run out of that product <laughs> or service? Oh my God! Okay, yeah. That's so that's what we shall. That's 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 the main premise right. of MMT, that we want to disabuse and we want to inform government right. that governments can never go broke. Okay. Well, in uh-huh. light of their own local currency, yeah. governments can never go broke. Now they think they can go broke, mm-hmm. and that's why then we have certain um, statements and you know a lot of crisis. But it's because we're government governments across the world are wearing the wrong lens. Okay. And when you're wearing the wrong lens, you tend to see things a little dimly, a little unclearly. Wow. And then thereby your policy decisions are then oh, affected so skewed. and are skewed. I, I like that word skewed. Okay. So that's that's the premise. That's where we are we're coming from. Wow. So how can we use this currency issuer tool? in a responsible manner, in a non-inflationary manner mm-hmm. to inject capital into the economy so that then we don't have the kind of crises that we've been having throughout the last perhaps 100 years. The word that you have used is non-inflationary. Yes. What does that mean? Right. So the history of the Kenya shilling is that the Kenya shilling emanates first from mm-hmm. the Kenya government that there can be no other source of the Kenya shilling other than the Kenya government. government. Uh So currently we feel, especially now that there's a lot of talk on taxes and taxation and Mm. the tax rate going higher, there's a belief that the source of the Kenya shilling is taxes. True. Now, it's one of the outlets of the Kenya shilling. You can go to the bank and get a loan, and that's one of the outlets of the, the Kenya shilling. But the true source is not or cannot be taxes, taxes. cannot be loans. There must be somewhere that the Kenya shilling comes from. Mm-hmm. And the Kenya shilling comes from the Kenya government. It's a constitutional creature. Right. It, is not, it does not come from taxes. It comes by creation of the constitution. Just like a nation, right, right? right? The whole of Africa could be termed as one land mass. But because of the various constitutions, mm-hmm. then you have countries demarcated, then you have Kenya and Tanzania and Uganda, so on and so forth, and then we respect those nations. So the Kenya shilling and any other currency of any sovereign nation emanates from its government as a creature of the constitution. So we, it, this is a... I, this used to be old wisdom, but then it's starting to become new wisdom again right. in, in the world, mm-hmm. especially in the West, mm-hmm. uh, post-COVID. Right. We started hearing of governments creating or printing money to be able to inject uh, liquidity into yeah. the market. Yeah. So the question that you've asked is, how can governments create uh-huh. print money right. in a non-inflationary manner? Yes. By that question, you're almost then admitting mm. that one is a problem that money is not limited mm. the limit true limitation is inflation right so we don't have a financial limitation the kenya government does not have a kenya shilling limitation mm. it can choose to print and add a million shillings yep. it can choose to print and create a billion shillings so that the finances are not the limitation. Yeah, but there are limitations. Right. And there are true, genuine economic limitations. And the main limitation is inflation. Uh-huh. So how do you then work around? That becomes a question then. How do you work around inflation? If inflation is the limitation. <laughs> Where? Okay, Ken. I told you we're going to have a loaded <laughs> discussion today. And for me, this is extremely exciting because monetary policy yeah. really is, is at the heart of our, um, the economic uh, development. That's I like great. the fact that you've talked about inflation. Yes. And in Kenya, we have inflation targeting. Oh. And I also mentioned Zambia have their own inflation targeting. 
I've always said many times on this show that we need to look at not just one factor of inflation, but also unemployment. Right. So if you look at the United States, mm. they try to look at inflation and unemployment to determine how much currency mm -hmm. needs to be in the country. Do you feel unemployment is something that uh, we have a good grasp on here? Not really. Mm -hmm. I don't think, um, by and large, I don't think unemployment or the statistics for unemployment play any real major role mm -hmm. um, at the Monetary Policy Committee, mm -hmm. uh, as they said. You, when uh, information comes out, the data comes out, uh, the reports come out, you don't see an uh, unemployment really featuring. No. In fact, uh, from a policy perspective as a, as a government, I think they are trying to tackle unemployment. But it's interesting because in those other nations, to some extent, then you'd almost want to say, in certain instances, they're pro-unemployment because they're using unemployment as a tool yeah. to ward off uh -huh. inflation. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that it, at certain times, they want to um, they want to have increased unemployment so that then that reduces how much cash is flowing right. in the economy. A at the high level uh, of economics, at that top tier level when we're talking uh, money and currency and so forth, it per perhaps makes a little bit of sense. But if you're the gentleman or the lady without a job, mm. And you get to know and hear that the government is actually actively keeping you unemployed so as to ward off um, um, inflation. inflation, you you wouldn't be too happy about it. That, that would not be something you are, you would want to stand for. That would not be a leader you want to vote for who wants to keep. So the lens has to change, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of how, a lot of the thinking around MMT is not that we are coming even to add on to the current model that is there. We're trying to say this whole model is flawed from the premise <laughs> that you can have a model right. that actively contributes to unemployment right. or would want to at certain points in time. Then perhaps it is the model uh, and certain features at the core of the model that are skewed in such a way that you may need to look to really look at the whole model itself. You know, we've seen buildings here in, in Nairobi collapse time to time. Yeah. You know, it's a re it doesn't happen too often, but you know, like last year, I think there was one, right? Mm. And 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 that points to the foundation. You have to mm. check on the foundation. So we can come and clean the building. You can come and paint it. The you can come and put come sorted. and put the latest television. You can come and rent it for the lowest price. Right. Those are economic. Um, those are economic. Uh, values as such, things that you can do at the economic level because you're trying to stimulate um, financial activity. Mm -hmm. But if there's something wrong at the foundational level, as much as that building, as much as the rent is, is, is low-priced, the building collapses. And Tony, you're going to be telling us why our building is collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, it is now, well, 7.02 with KCB Bank. The bank that is offering you a chance to win just by depositing in your account, you can start with as little as 1,000 shillings and you could win 2,000 shillings daily. Keep depositing and you might be just the lucky winner of up to half a million shillings weekly. Gurumisha Naufil, the role with KCB, who is the official partner of the WRC Safari Rally. KCB Bank, for more... For <laughs> Music, capital FM. 98.4 Capital FM, good evening and you are welcome to the Financial Forecast, a show that seeks to delve into matters affecting our economy and one thing that is absolutely affecting our economy is our modern monetary theory, which is what we are discussing on today's episode of the Financial Forecast. With myself, Nyamurandongo, alongside Ken Gishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics. And today we have Tony Mwiti, who is with us discussing this absolute tough and uh, very practical. Because I think one thing uh, we have been asking ourselves the last two, two, two weeks is all these policies and what we are hearing about inflation and uh, Tony, before we went on break, you were telling us how there's a problem with our foundation in terms of how we're even setting up our policy. Government is meant to be the issuer. But at the same time, 
we do know government is the biggest spender right and um i know the one thing um i will start by asking very sim- simple is again define for us what is inflation all right uh, gishinga would have been a, a <laughs> better expert oh, okay. ha- harvard trained and all that okay. uh, yes but yes um it is it is when the uh, the too few goods yeah um chasing when there's uh, there's too much money Chasing, chasing too few goods. goods. Yeah. That uh, really is the simplest uh, definition of uh, inflation. Yeah. So that where you may have at a point in time where there's so much money in the mm. economy, but there's not enough production. Right. Thereby then the price of those the prices of those uh, goods and services mm. tends to go higher. Now, Tony, you at the very beginning you raised some very powerful points about the constitutional obligations of the government as an issuer. Mm. of currency and i still want to dwell a bit on that before we got into the theme of modern monetary i don't think it's a theme it's a, something we internalize enough you know we talk about the legal tender mm. the definition of a legal tender is a tool that i think the definition is can extinguish debt mm-hmm. i i want to dwell a bit on that in this world where you know sometimes you go to places they say we want to we don't accept cash here yeah we only accept maybe mobile money or mm. card uh, payments it's very common check, huh? from that perspective mm. do you think there's a level of unconstitutionality that's happening already when people start saying we we don't accept mm. this we only accept okay mm. we can understand sometimes it's for safety right. for security uh. Uh, but i remember there was an event uh, i think at the coast when an individual was being forced to pay using mobile money the okay. the the transport between the two islands but he said mm. no i want to pay cash cash is mm. do you think kenyans have fully appreciated the fact that first not only the government is the issuer but it's the most recognizable form mm. of currency, currency transaction mm-hmm. well yes it uh, that's an interesting question because yes if you are um disallowed from a, uh, from services because you have cash while they are only saying the business is saying we can only accept uh mobile payments that actually um t- it's a it's a new th- it's a good thought to have because then are you being um are you are there some rights be, are you be, are there some rights there that are being abused because then if you're if you needed to cross the ferry from one point to the other and you cannot cross while yet you had legal tender in another fashion then uh, yeah, you it, you may ha- be looking at an, a situation where some type of rights are being abused, right? Now um, I think mobile money, as much as it is a bit advanced in Kenya, is is still a bit of an adva- is still at an early stage, right. right? So some of these now you know uh, legal practitioners may need to start coming in and championing for the fine tuning of that usa- the usage of of mobile money versus actual hard cash and so on and so forth. But yes, that's a, you've posed a very interesting thought, yes. And if you think about the history of currency, and you've raised about the issue of governments abandoning their roles uh, as issuers, mm-hmm. why do you think that's the case? What was the historical? Because you said this was ancient wisdom that is making a comeback. Yes. In the U.S., we call it quantitative easing. There are all these names, but it's, it's essentially governments printing money. All right. Yeah. What led historically to that ancient wisdom being forgotten mm. and now making a comeback. Okay. So, I'll give you the history of how Kenya got monetized, mm. how we became a monetized society, mm-hmm. right? So, when the colonialist came, the colonialist did not right. have uh, the colonialist found a nation that was not monetized in any form or fashion. Okay. Our forefathers were right. not using money of any form or fashion, right? Yeah. We had our own society where you're rearing your goats, your sheep, mm. your your you know your an agricultural society by and large, right? Yeah. And there may have been a little in terms of form of butter trade where I give you five ca- uh, chicken for one cow or for one goat, so on and so forth. Eh? Mm. But it was, that was not a monetized economy. So the white man comes, he finds a lush land. And, and, and colonial, the backbone of colonialism was trade. Right. right, you know, we, we really haven't. A lot of people haven't studied. I didn't study colonialism that much in the past. But the backbone of it was straight. The British, American, 
um, trade company. I think that's what it was called. East African company. Yeah. Yes, East African company. That was the backbone of the colonialism. So they came, found a lush land, mm -hmm. and they thought we can grow coffee and we can grow tea, which would be subsequently be exported, right. right? But the problem was only a handful of colonialists came. There were mm. not that many in comparison to the people they found um, in Africa. Of course, you know, by and large, some, some other people were born, you know, other, others were born here. But those who came were not that many. And they needed, you know, agriculture needs one major tool, resource. It needs human capital. Right. right. And you need to be able to export tea and coffee of sizable quantity for you to make, you know, a decent profit. So the only people who could then be turned into um, workers for tea and coffee were the Kenyans themselves. Mm -hmm. And this, this, uh, this is a case study for both Ghana and Kenya. This actually happened. happened. This is real history. Right. So through political machination with some of the leaders of the day and, and, and the colonialists who came, the way they got us to work on that land was this. They, they came with, at that time, actually, they were using the Indian rupee because by then they had already colonized ah. India. So they came and said, they created a hut tax, a bomber, a home tax, right? The, the grass, you know, the grass house yeah. tax. And said, we are going to charge you two rupees every year. And if you don't pay, we will burn your home. Oh, wow. This is a true story. This is historic. So the Kenyan native man goes, wait a minute. What is a rupee and where can I get, get it? it? Because I want to save my home. I want to, you know, I want to save my livelihood. So then they tell you, guess what? You can actually get it. You can actually get this rupee. If you work. If you work 30 days <laughs> on this farm, in this uh, parcel of land Smart. and grow this coffee, I'll give you what's called a salary. Okay. And out of that salary, you can pay your taxes. You can pay your heart tax. Mm. So they created a liability. So taxes are the liability. They right. create the liability. And then now you need to fulfill that liability <laughs> by working on my piece of land. Uh. Then the, you know, the Kenyan native goes, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do that. The British soldier suddenly shows up. He says, guess what? I got a gun. So it's either your life, your house, or the Do this repeat. or not. <laughs> so taxes were coercive. Okay. Taxes were not something that people loved and never and up to today never yeah, loved that today. Is true. Right? That is true, yeah. So in today's coercive if you look at it from a today's perspective, yeah. the KRA is then the coercive uh, element. Yeah. Uh -huh. Don't pay your taxes. Kerry comes for you, yeah, right? Yeah, and institutes legal proceeding mm -hmm. against you and you know other revenue authorities of mm -hmm. the world. So that's how Kenya got monetized. You get you if you want to create a monetized society, you first implement a liability through taxes. That gets you wanting yeah. the, the currency. Yeah. And then I am the only person as your government, I'm the only person who, who can, can provide who can provide mm. that currency up to today you you know you go print your own money it's, it's fraud right it is fraud. so up to today it's only government that can create and 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 circulate the money so how does even the money get circulated it gets circulated when government sources labor uh-huh when government sources labor it pays you in currency mm. and then out of that currency you can be able to spread now you go buy bread you go buy milk so on and so forth right so this is how we became monetized. Two th things that the takeouts for this are that you need to check on is this. Taxes were not meant as government revenue. Mm -hmm. Today, you asked me how we got here. Today, taxes are government, government revenue. If you came, if you could rewind to 1963, 1958, back then when the colonialist was very active here, he would tell you, we are not trying to raise money. I have this pen. I have this rupee. This pen I'm holding here, call it the rupee. Right. I'm the government. I'm the one with it. What I need is labor, not For rupee. Me. That's not what they needed. Wow. They needed labor. So I'm already the one with yes. the rupee. I tell you, I create a liability. I tell you, give me a pen. Tomorrow I'm coming for a pen in the form of rupees. Yeah. Then you say, hey, I don't have a, I pen. Don't have a pen. Then I tell you, no, no, here's this pen. 
I'm you work for me, I'll you. give you this pen. Which I need. <laughs> but then what happens? The transaction. So I give this pen to Gishinga. Yeah. But he has a liability. Yeah. So he fulfills the liability by doing what? Pay me back my pen. Yeah. So I was not taxing for revenue. At least not revenue of the rupee. Okay. Not revenue of the Kenya shilling. Yeah. What I wanted was to raise labor, an army of laborers, so that I can export my coffee to mm. the UK and get paid in British pounds. What I really wanted is British yes, pounds. The British pounds. Not the Kenya shilling. Wow. So, what taxes are from a foundation, remember to talk about the falling foundation. building, yep. from the foundation, taxes are for coercing the citizens to give you labor. So okay. as a government, when you create a nation, what mm. do you want? You want doctors, you want uh, soldiers, you want police, you want teachers, right? As a government, that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. You want to resourcify mm -hmm. the nation with yeah. all this talent. Mm -hmm. When government sees itself as a currency issuer, it, does, it doesn't think profit. Uh -huh. It's the richest player in its own currency. No one can beat the Kenya government when it comes to the Kenya shilling. They can always add another zero. Yep. Now, that's a fascinating account of history, um, Tony. And bringing it closer to the present, last year, um, Delarue, Mm. which really is uh, the British firm that prints uh, okay. currency on behalf of Kenya, exited the Kenyan market. Yes. Um, I was actually interviewed by one of the local media houses on that. And I remember a lot of Kenyans were surprised mm. um, why How? a foreign entity, and it doesn't just do it for Kenya, it prints for yes. many other currencies, why as a sovereign you would want that. So going back to the origins where governments make money uh, they get what they call seniorage mm -hmm. uh, from printing money. How did we end up in a situation where we've outsourced and now with Delarue exiting, the next question guys were asking was mm. who will exactly. mm. be, be printing? printing? Okay, the central bank issued a statement saying there'll be enough currency. <laughs> but, you know, the population of a country is always increasing. So the demands are always increasing. Um, people could say mobile money is here. People are not handling as much cash. People yeah. have been paying bus fares using mobile money. Sure. What was your reaction to that event? Well, what I personally thought, uh, was I didn't follow that too closely, but what I personally thought is Delarue was not making enough of a profit mm. by virtue of, mo that, uh, of mobile money penetration in this market. That's okay. what I, I observed from that because, you know, they are paid for every note that they actually print. Mm. So we are printing fewer and fewer yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. There's, the mon there's still money in the economy. It's that now the, va the money is stored in a digital form, okay. not in paper form. Okay. And their business, as Delarue, was paper, paper form. form. So I would imagine that from a business perspective, there may have been other political machinations behind it, I'm not sure. But from a business perspective, I just thought that they're not making enough money. And what did you think about that mm. idea of the government outsourcing that role um, of currency printing to a foreign entity? Because uh, that created a lot of conversations online. Uh, people started talking about if it, the government did it itself, yeah. we'd go back to the early 90s, the Kanu days, when there was all sorts of <laughs> money printing. In yes. fact, in Kenya, when you talk about money printing, people will always tell you, oh, the, the Kanu days yeah. when money used to be... In fact, that's like the most common yeah. sort of notion people have. What examples do you have of countries that are doing this correctly? Well, I think it's, a very, it's simplistic uh, to look at it that when government outsources its function, then the function is safer. The government is under given the tender. Right. It is still the owner of the process. Mm. So if the process was to be, if government wanted to abuse the process, they would. Mm. Mm. They are still the owner of the process. Right. Mm. So to me, it seemed that that was just a, 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 you know, almost like a factory function. It's just a technical function. So for whatever reason, Delarue has expertise in that, uh, perhaps the machinery, so on mm. and so forth. Um, should we have done it as central bank, perhaps owning its own machinery? That could be, th you know, that, that's a good, you know, observation, uh, perhaps for issues to do security, uh, you know, espionage, you know, the, the international espionage. Th there's possibly a role there to play if, yeah. if you're giving a foreign entity, 
your the, you know the keys to your printing machine right but uh if you if you want if it was about a government that is abusing the process they could abuse it whether they're the ones who own the machine or whether they're the ones who've outsourced the function they're still the owners of the process yeah so either way they have control of the process now let's go back to the inflation part because that is always the main concern and you talked about and nyambura had asked you what non-inflationary mm. spending looks like because everybody's concerned when it comes to adding money supplies or oh, inflation will go through the roof look at zimbabwe look at mm, yeah. germany or the Vana republic mm. what practical case studies have you seen of how governments can introduce currency reduce unemployment but without raising mm. interest rate yes. i mean inflation what 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 examples do you have to that? Okay, you know we always whenever I w- I talk about money printing, that's always the thing, you know, mm. inflation, right? But we never think. Wait, if Bill Gates today donated, granted Kenya, ten billion dollars, do you think the government is going to be thinking about inflation? Or d- have you ever? Last week we we got a loan and we paid you know some of our foreign loans back. We never hear of inflation when we are borrowing. We only no. hear about it when we are, if we talk about <laughs> creating, right? It's, let me tell you, it's never on the table. It's Inflation never. is never on the table when you're borrowing. Yeah. But yet it's an injection of large, you know, vast sums of mm. money. If you're talking about $1.5 billion, mm-hmm. those are large uh, sums of money. And that's not the only one, you know. Every so often there's some loan the government is taking from some foreign entity yeah. or the other, isn't it? Or mm. from even a local entity. Yeah, but I can see where um, the argument stands. In, in light of local printing, because when we're taking loans, it's usually a very thought, intellectual, thought-out process, a very intellectual process. You know, all the all, all the you know, professionals have played their part, mm. and this money is known what it's coming for, where it's, it's going, how it's going to be handled, true. so on and so forth. But it tends to be, if I can just go and press the machi- the keys, to, you know, the, the printer to start printing, it's possibly not a well thought out uh. professional process. Eh? <laughs> so, so it's already an abusive process in itself. Eh? So yes. possibly that's where it's coming from. Eh? Uh, yeah. You know, some dictator just says, <laughs> "I want to buy my child a, a helicopter." You know, print for me. You know, that's that's probably where it's coming from. Eh? Yeah. But um, economics one one. But I'll give you examples. I'll give you the 1932 example of President uh, Roosevelt in the U.S. Uh-huh. This is where uh, the name John Maynard Keynes yeah. started featuring. Uh-huh. He was his Dr. D. Uh, if Dr. D is our, uh, the president is the uh, you know, chairman of our you know uh, yeah, economic council, economic, presidential yes. economic council. He was he was he, he, was, he that was that to okay. to, to President um, Roosevelt. President Roosevelt comes in. I think President Truman was there before. The economy collapses. That's when they have the Great Depression. Mm. I mean, a severe severe recession, right? Uh, only one in four people, they said one in four men, because I guess most, m- m- that's his society, right. to mostly men working. One in four men had a job. It was, you know, it was a terrible time. Right. So they could not raise money from taxes. So Roosevelt comes in and says, look, I'm going to fix things. And uh, this, him and John Maynard Keynes come together at some point. And Keynes tells him, look, we are currency issuers. <laughs> we are not currency issuers. And, 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 and that was very brave because that was new. Th- that was a new th- train of thought. Yeah. At that. Today we can talk about it, but that was new. He told the man, look, we are the issuers. What do you mean we're looking for tax money? How? The only limit we have here is inflation. Because yeah. if you create money now and just take it to the streets, yeah. there's not enough, uh, there are not enough goods and services. Mm. Factories have closed. Mm. Inflation is going to occur. Yeah. So then they come up with a massive infrastructure project. Mm. I mean, massive. It employs 3 million Americans right off the bat. Okay. Because remember, f- too few goods. So what they yep. want to do is create a scenario where there's a lot of goods. production yeah. happening. Right? And then create the money to chase the there. lot of goods. So what they did is they employed 3 million people and they had projects of roads, mm-hmm. massive projects, road projects, airport projects, prison projects, hospital projects. Anything that could be built was built at that point in time. And not only that, they even went into other areas, professionals, wow. doctors, lawyers, you know, to, to be able to conduct this whole process. Yeah. And uh, empl- in, a, in, in, in areas like doctors where hospitals need, uh, you know, those kind of services, teachers. Then they went to the arts. If you can sing a song, if you can teach music, mm. if you can draw a painting, if you can make a sculpture, we shall pay for it. Do it. 
So America, for those who've been to America, if you go and all those old sculptures, that's where it came from. It came from this, I think the project was called Wax Progress administration wpa was the wow. name of the you know the larger project the the master project they, yeah. were, they gave them some other sub names underneath so what did this do if a man ha if a man or woman has a job producing something he's making a road you're producing right. something that doesn't cause inflation he's earning he's and earning he's sweating it out he's working yep. where is the stone coming from where is the sand coming from where's the fuel coming from where's the machinery coming from tenders were given Right? right. So you're given a tender for road A to B. Mm -hmm. You're the guy. You're the you're the contractor. You're going to make this road. That. Another one is given. Another one is given. So on and so forth. So they catalyzed the, the economy. economy. Then how did they pay for it? They simply printed, printed. the exact amount of money that needed for the WPA project. So they didn't go over and print yeah. over what was needed. They said as long as there are people on in the unemployment line. And as long as there's a new road, a new hospital that can be built, mm -hmm. then we shall pay for it. You know, that speaks so much into, Ken, what you are saying, because they focused on labor, Tony. Mm -hmm. That was their focus. But the one thing we do not measure when we are talking about inflation is employment. So, again, I think I can see where Tony is coming from. Our foundation is still, still a bit flawed. By being a currency issuer, uh, you can actually finish unemployment wow. rather than the current model we have that actually needs a bit of active unemployment <laughs> as, as, a tool, <laughs> as a tool to balance out uh, inflation. <laughs> no, we need it. You know, and I'm, I'm more of a very, I'm more of a, I'm more of a street, <laughs> I'm more of a street <laughs> economist. I, I try to talk in the layman's language yeah, eh? yeah, I love because. That. Kenyans, you know, people need to understand. Need you know, e economics. Understand. Economics seems to be the preserve of the, you know, the. How did say the Harvard trade? Uh, the uh, yeah. the learned. <laughs> the learned. <laughs> but but at least he is able term. to break it down. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Why do? Why are we here? And that's the have, thing. Yeah. We have the best minds. Honestly, we have the best minds working on this economy. Right. We have President Ruto saying, "It last one year." This is what he has been scratching his head to pay our debt and the economic situation. Mm -hmm. As far as I can remember, in fact, we, we call nations economies yeah, because it, it's the main thing we are, mm -hmm. we are fixing. Right now, we have a, a presidential team of advisors on the economy. We don't necessarily have one on agriculture sitting there in State House, it's on health way. sitting there at State House, on infrastructure sitting there. We have people on the economy mm. because it's a tough nut to crack. I'm saying, and I'm introducing to the nation that there's a new alternative that is not taxes <laughs> or borrowing. It is money, structured, non-inflationary yeah. money creation. I know Ken, is, his head is, <laughs> is boiling. As an economist, what do you think of that? No, for me, I mean, economic nirvana yeah. right now. And, 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 and what Tony is saying, and if you look at Keynesian works, uh-huh. Uh, particularly the general theory of employment interest. Yeah. It it speaks to what you've just said. It's about jobs. It is about jobs. You know when Clinton ran the, his campaign, he said it's about the jobs. It's mm. about jobs. And we always forget that. Mm -hmm. You know, last week, Yambura, we were getting so many calls about the exchange rates. Yeah. For so many people, mm -hmm. an economy's eco health barometer yeah. is exchange rate. Mm. True. Which is absolutely wrong. Oh. What and yes. economics, the health barometer of a country it is a level unemployment. And that's yeah. why I've said it for the last one year. Yeah. It's about labor. If you have high unemployment, your economic model is not working for you. Even if your exchange rate is one to one to the dollar, mm. it that's makes fine. no sense. Yes. What you want is first to measure. Remember I told you, you measure what you treasure. Right. Measure unemployment. I, like I would that. love to get to a day when people are starting to call mm -hmm. and asking, what are the latest unemployment numbers? Right. Mm. For me, that would be like, oh, finally people mm. are yes. starting to get what an economic, a good, healthy economy. You see, Kenya and Japan, mm. our currencies are almost have the same exchange rate to the dollar. Is it? Yes. Almost. The yen to the dollar and the shilling. Yeah. Almost the same. But, but the living standards mm. in Japan are a thousand times. Yeah more than Kenya. So I keep saying, let's not look at these exchange rates. Mm. Let's look That's at our people getting jobs. 
jobs have a way of um, bringing the best out it's of people. It, it not only is it a factor of production, mm. but it brings out the best out of people. So I think it's 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 important what Tony is saying, where we ask ourselves: Are we do we have the are we getting enough currency mm. to get all these young people? I mean, right now there are plans to send two hundred and fifty thousand young Kenyans to Germany. Why? We are <laughs> sending nurses to the UK yeah. when we don't have. Enough. Our ratios mm. in Kenya are very low. Mm-hmm. They are going to look for jobs. They are going to right. look for money. Yep. Yes. So these are the things that we have to. Tony, please weigh in here. Yes. In fact, I, I, one of the proposals I have, mm. and uh, I have tr- I've, I've been lobbying, f- you know, some government officials, mm. is what's called a national job guarantee program. Yeah. A national j- uh, JG, in mm. short, a job guarantee program. The government can backstop every job seeker who needs a job the government can backstop that salary today especially entry level jobs the same jobs you're talking about you know nurses and 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 cleaners and things like that entry level jobs can be backstopped today now we may not be able to hire i think we have what f- 3 million unemployed is is yeah. the, is the thing. we may not be able to hire all of them today not because we don't have the money because mm-hmm. we can print that money but because we may want to mitigate against inflation. So we may want to start in batches of maybe two, three, four hundred. We can take them into the military. We can take them to KWS. Those things can be done. Cl- all this climate change uh, that is required, right? Mm. Why, if we needed people to plant trees, we can have 10,000 young people employed by Kenya Forestry Just Services. Just to plant trees. Just to plant trees and take care of them. Huh? The money to pay them, what we need is Kenya shillings, right? right? And, and the planting of trees in its life cycle, uh, in the money life cycle, doesn't need foreign input, doesn't mm. need foreign elements, because you also have to think of that. Uh, we might be creating money here, yeah. but getting How things externally. Yeah, yeah. No, but you know, we're talking about seedlings and seeds and so on and so forth. So an, a job guarantee program can be done today, but it's the advice that the president needs to be told, hey, right. we don't need to send these people outside. We can actually employ them at at least at entry level jobs that can be done today and within perhaps two years right. the, ho- the full three million could possibly be employed and that is the modern monetary theory that is mm <laughs> <laughs> tony that was absolutely fantastic i'm seeing our time is up and is here ready for the news i'm seeing shiko telling us it's time for the hype like I do not understand where this one hour goes to. I will have to ta- have, have have a chat with Danny if we can extend this. But I need a parting shot, Tony, from you. Right. And I'm sure there is more you've not even said than yes. what you've said. So I think we need to also look at how we can have you back, maybe to expound on this. Uh, but yeah. So the parting shot is the crisis we are in as a country mm. or even as a continent right. is, is illusionary. Okay. It's, it's self-deception. It's, 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 the, it's because how the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. So we're perishing because there's, certain, there's something about economics that we don't understand. Okay. So, th- so it is not an issue of uh, present Uhuru's loans. Yeah. It is not an issue of U- <laughs> the Ukraine war. Okay the empty coffers that they may or may not have found. The issue is the government needs to know that it's the currency issuer. And it plays at a different dimension Mm -hmm. than all its citizens are currency users who sit at a lower dimension. If we understand that, we can use our currency printing tool and print and, and, and to be honest, these days it's not even really printing. It's all electronic anyway. Right. But printing passes the message. We can print what we need as long as it is non-inflationary, which means perhaps in the framework the government needs to come up with, perhaps the advisors, is to come up with a framework. How do we create money mm-hmm. in a non-inflationary way? What are the I- indices to use? What are the tools? What are the checks uh, that we need to come up? So it's just a framework. Okay. Once you come up with the framework, go ahead and spend. Good we do can this. do that today wow i i know we are going to be getting very many calls but uh Hopefully. our whatsapp <laughs> line is zero seven zero one nine eight four nine eight four. Tony Witty, that was absolutely fantastic thank you thank you to the two of you i'm um, glad to have been here yeah that is mind-blowing and uh ken i think i am more 
I'm more mind blown now <laughs> because that's an avenue that has actually been been put out. So we come to the end of our financial forecast today uh, on the 20th of February and you can listen to this podcast, uh, this episode of actually uh, financial forecast on the SoundCloud page and anywhere you get your podcast from, please ensure you listen, you can share it like uh, Tony has given us very interesting perspectives that I think uh, at the end of this, Mr. D somewhere is going to be thinking and is going to be sitting and thinking, uh, Tony, where can I get you from? So hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> because we are all trying to sort save the yeah, yes. uh, yeah. Good evening and enjoy the rest of your week.